Hey, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 29th day of August, 2023. Happy Tuesday. It's Tuesday. I always forget what the hell day of the week it is, but happy Tuesday to you. I am Derek Hunter. I'm your host. Welcome to the program. Spend the next little bit of time with you talking about the news of the day and whatever else is going on, whatever else occurs to me. Damn, something actually profound occurred to me today, but I can't remember for the life of me what it was. Spent a lot of time at... Uh, Qu- it was Quinn's first soccer practice of the, well, I guess not of the year, but of the uh, fall-ish, since we're almost getting to fall. She's gotten faster, still to say she's incredibly slow, but she is, you know, she's got that hunter speed. But she's gotten faster. She knows more of what she's doing, and she's having fun. She didn't just stand around and scream about bugs and uh, run away and just try to talk to her friends she did talk to her friends an awful lot but she did she did uh, some soccer too so that was nice anyway hot as hell don't forget about the contest i've extended it another week because of circumstances at uh, patreon.com slash derek hunter podcast or derek hunter.locals.com um check it out support the program there five bucks a month if you please and thanks to everybody i don't know how many of you, or if any of you really did, but I'll just point it out that um, Joe, the pl- thanks for the kind words <clears throat> about Joe, the plumber, Joe Wurzelbacher. I got the biggest speeding ticket of my life going to his wedding. <laughs> I got busted for doing 123 miles an hour in Ohio on the turnpike. I really blame Enterprise Rent-A-Car, to be honest with you, because I had I'd rented whatever, and here's the trick to getting an upgrade in your rental cars or a discount. Reserve it for later in the day. Later in the, the later in the day it is, the more people have walked in, the more things have gotten screwed up. The, the, no matter what you, you got the little wind-up toy thing, but you know somebody else came in and you're not coming in until 4, but they're there at 2.30, so they give them the wind-up toy and they're like, we'll just give them something else. I got upgraded from a, I don't know, mid-grade Toyota or something to a Dodge Charger, brand new Dodge Charger. I did not reserve a Dodge Charger. I did not, I don't even know what class of car a Dodge Charger would be you know, in, in rental car parlance. But I showed up and it works, it works about 80 to 90% of the time. You show up and you get a nicer car for the same price. Um, so I got this Dodge Charger. I'm like, yeah, all right. Now this thing had some balls. This thing could move. This thing had a lot of, I was not anywhere near maxing out. I was just, you know, the problem with doing 125 or 123 is, well, in my cars, because we've got family trucksters, you'd be, it'd be like somebody's, you know, having sex on the bumper or something. It's bouncing all over the place. Shaking, shimmying, you know, you feel every bumpy go, 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 and it's loud, and you're trying to talk to somebody. They go, what? I don't hear you. And you got to turn the radio up because that's the way cars, older cars work, and family trucksters work after they're a couple years old. This Dodge Charger was brand new. It was silent. It was like floating on rails. It was just awesome. 
And so you get to Ohio, <clears throat> and if you've ever driven the turnpike in Ohio, it is flat and it is straight. It's like every girl I dated in high school. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just flat and straight, and so you're in the the. It's smooth too, so it's not like you're going over potholes and it's evening them out. But it's just the normal road hum wasn't there because it's a new car, and it's weird how that road hum comes in after like two years of a car you know, like how the hell did it get loud did something fall out of the car but you're zipping around and this thing has moving and then i see a cop come flying up gets in front of me points to the side of the road angrily pissed off like that's it and i'm like ah crap and i gotta pull over and I don't remember what year Joe got married. It was it was a long time ago. He was still semi-famous, whatever. And so we're driving out to Toledo for it. I'm like, crap, now I've got to go to this or deal with this stupid ticket. And I thought, hey, um, maybe I can Joe the Plumber my way out of this. You know, there's not a lot of advantages to being friends with famous people even politically famous people but you just go hey you know what the hell i'm gonna give it a shot so the cop's like what the hell well where are you doing like, we're going to sorry we're going to joe the plumber's what now joe the plumber this was a friday and the wedding wasn't until saturday i didn't mention that but i said we're going on our way to joe the plumber's wedding seeing if maybe at this point eh, it's probably 20 20 14 2015 something like that he'd been famous for uh, maybe 2012 but the joe the plumber cash the name had started to fade he's back to plumbing he'd run for congress it didn't work out blah 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 so i i was taking a crapshoot that this cop would know who joe the plumber was he didn't care he didn't i don't know he didn't let on anything he wrote me up a ticket it was like 200 something dollars it was just he just nailed me for everything and he uh, gives me the ticket, says, you can do this, that, and the other thing, pay it online, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, 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 thanks. And he says, slow it down. Yeah, 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 I know. And he says, and tell Joe I said congratulations. Walks away. I'm like, son of a bitch. He knew it. He knew it. It didn't work. I didn't. Now, granted, that's an awful lot to try and get out of. I'm not uh, a good-looking woman. My wife, then girlfriend at the time, was in the passenger seat she could have shown a little cleavage and maybe cry but that probably still wouldn't have worked from the passenger seat you know like uh, i'm stuck what's funny is i got back to uh from the wedding and about a week later i get i start getting letters from lawyers law well law firms in ohio offering to represent me for the uh the ticket in traffic court now i don't i don't know if I don't even know if it ever went on my record, but it was like $250. It was more than the ticket was going to cost me to fight the ticket with these law firms. And I will make sure those points don't ever, I don't know, maybe there is reciprocity. Maybe I was paying more for insurance, but at the time, hell, maybe it was even before I bought the Mini Cooper. Maybe at the time I didn't have a car. And so the price of insurance didn't matter to me. I don't even remember. But whatever, I just paid the fine and bit the bullet and whatever. That was it. But that was the biggest, it was a fun wedding. It was a good time. Him and Katie were fun couples. 
I made them. They came, made I the first time I ever made eggs Benedict, and I did it on a whim because Joe and his wife were coming over for breakfast, and uh, they were in town for something. I think it was for a CPAC or something like that, and they were coming over for breakfast. And I'm like, oh, bacon and eggs. I could just take the wuss way out. But you know what? I had a little packet of hollandaise sauce. I had everything you need for eggs Benedict. I'd eaten it. And I'd been a while since I'd poached an egg. But I was like, yeah, you know what? The hell with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all fancy. And I made like 10 egg Benedict things. They were pretty damn good, too. I don't think I've made them since. But because it's a lot of work for moderate reward. But it was good, and it was a pain in the butt. We went to, I took them to Fogo de Chao for the first time because we both are big carnivores. Absolutely. I think we went to Fogo a couple of times. He loved Fogo de Chao. God, he loved Fogo de Chao. Just a, just a good guy, and he'll call you every once in a while to shoot the breeze. And uh, there's not enough of that. Call your friends and shoot the breeze with them just for the hell of it. Why? Because... Why not? They might not be there. I called him three weeks ago to shoot the breeze. I didn't realize that would be the last time I would speak with him. But we spoke for about a half an hour. and He sounded good. I knew he wasn't good, but I thought he sounded good. So if you got somebody that you haven't talked to in a while, I suggest you call him up and try to shoot the breeze. Because why not? What do you honestly think about what you waste time on in your day? What do you, how about you spend a little bit of that, 10, 20 minutes of it, instead of watching some crap on TV, maybe calling somebody you haven't talked to in a while, just to catch up. I got friends from high school that I don't talk to all that often, but when I do, it's like the day after graduation again. We pick up right where we left off. We saw each other a little bit after high school, but... We went our separate ways. My friend John in particular has lived in California. I haven't probably seen him in 20 years. But um, we talk once every year or two. Uh, but we text fairly regularly. But when we do, it's just laugh, laugh, laugh. Good times. I haven't had, you know, our, we've had our share of tragedies. We've lost friends, lost a guy we went to high school with, a good friend of his, who was someone I was friends with through him, recently got hit by a car and died. 2023 has kind of sucked, to be honest with you. And another friend of ours, a good friend of ours, that we hung out with constantly in high school, killed himself a few years ago. So, you know, you, you talk when things aren't good. You talk when there's a reason. And when you talk when there's a reason to somebody you've known forever, it's usually not good. That's why I recommend talking to people for no reason whatsoever other than you were thinking about them. Because then you can have some fun. You can still laugh and everything at the sad times too. And it helps get through them. But talk to people for no reason. Because they exist. Because you're thinking about them. You'd be surprised. If somebody called you out of the blue and said, Yeah, no, I was just thinking about you. I figured I'd see how you were doing. You might not well up with tears. You might not. But you might. You'll definitely go, that's, you'll feel better. Maybe you won't realize why you feel better, but you'll feel better. So you can, you know that you'd feel that way. Why wouldn't you make somebody else feel that way? What the hell you got to lose? They slam down the phone and go, I never want to hear from you again. Then you wonder why they have a landline anyway, because you can't slam down a cell phone. But, you know, at least you know. 
So give it a shot. Anyway, enough high horse. You can tell I've had a lot of thinking to do in the last 48 hours. But uh, yeah, enough of that. I know most of you are like rolling your eyes or fast forwarding past this and whatever. Forgive you. Forgive me for uh, this indulgence and thank you for it. Now we get on with the news because there is news going on. Now, I want to give you information. And this is without a value judgment. I'm going to give you information that uh, so you know what the country is thinking right now. This is from the Associated Press. It's new polling data. Now, polling on who you're going to vote for is absolutely worthless. But polling on your various thoughts about things at any given time are useful to find out what it is that people think about certain things and certain people at any given moment. Now, granted, this is a poll, so it's a snapshot in time, and that time is past, but uh, polls like this have been fairly consistent. And I think if you're honest with yourself, they're fairly consistent with what you hear and see as well. Associated Press. President Joe Biden is old and confused, and former President Donald Trump is corrupt and dishonest. Those are among the top terms Americans use when they're asked to describe the Democrat in the White House and the Republican best positioned to face him in next year's election. Again, it's not a value judgment on my part. It is a resuscitation of data. You don't have to like the data. But don't take it up with me. I'm just telling you what the data says. You can tell me it's garbage. Uttering portraits uh, are unflattering portraits of Biden and Trump emerged clearly in the poll by the Associated Press, NORC, N-O-R-C, Center for Public Affairs Research, which asked an open-ended question about what comes to mind when people think of them. For Biden... The largest share of U.S. adults, including both Democrats and Republicans, mentioned his age. At 80, Biden is three, just three years older than Trump, but many Americans express real concerns about his ability to continue as president. Now, if you're just sitting there and you're gritting your teeth and going, well, Trump hater, Trump, that's why I get all the Trump hater. I'm not. I'm not a Trump hater. Some of the things he does drives me nuts, but I'd happily vote for him in a heartbeat against Joe Biden. But to sit there and say, you'll because you'll like this, you'll like this part. You agree. People hear Joe Biden, they think old, they think decrepit, they think senile, they think blah, 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 confused all the time. Absolutely. But you don't get to just pick and choose which parts of a poll you like, not if you're being intellectually honest and not if you really want to win. As much as this polling data is concerning, and disheartening and whatever. It could be bad for somebody you like or somebody you really want to vote for. There's plenty of time to address this. I will tell you in a second that I think it's much better for Trump than it is for Biden for that very reason. I'll explain, but more to the story. It continues. Trump, meanwhile, has been indicted on four cases featuring 91 total criminal counts, which elicits words such as corrupt and crooked, named by 15%, along with bad and other generally negative comments, 11%. Not far behind are words like liar and dishonest at 8%. Another 8% offer generally positive comments like good, though. So you've got 15% saying corrupt or crooked, 11% saying bad or other negative things, 
and another 8% saying that he's a liar or dishonest. Now, that is a lot. I'm actually going to do it with my calculator function, because why? Because why not? I want to make sure I get it right. That's 34% of the electorate already, right out of the box, giving terms to express uh, about Donald Trump that simply they're not going to vote for him. 34% is a lot of people. A lot of pe- Because there's a lot of people who just, eh, they don't feel as strongly, but they agree. The sentiment, the first word that comes to mind could be hairdo, who knows. Now, when it looks to Joe Biden, you've got a different problem. Sentiments were common. Fully 26% of respondents, 26% used words like old and outdated to describe Biden. Another 15% mentioned things like slow and confused. Another 10% gave generally negative comments about the president and 6% used words like corrupt and crooked. Just 6% offered words like president and leader and 5% used words like strong and capable. (laughs) So you see that neither one of these, this could well be the election, the strangest election we've ever seen because it will be between, or it's shaping up to be between, two of the least popular people to ever seek the office. Let's see. 63% of the people have a negative connotation for Joe Biden. 63%. Now, you may be saying, well, see, then it's great for Donald Trump. No, it depends on what happens. It depends on what comes next. Why do I say that? Because it's pretty simple. Now, Joe Biden has a bigger uphill climb. Joe Biden's negatives are things he can do very little about. He is old. He is decrepit. He is senile. He is confused a lot of the times. He has uh, always been stupid. But on top of that, you just add all of these things. And then the more that Republicans discover all the corruption and the crookedness, that's only going to hurt. There's no sort of miracle drug or treatment that you can give Joe Biden to make him not senile to make him not be 80. It doesn't matter. He's not talking to the press an awful lot. It's one thing to notice. But if you notice, the nightly news is doing all they can to protect Joe Biden. But they also have to show him every once in a while. If only just walking from Marine One into the White House. If you watched, if you'd never heard Joe Biden speak... If you had no idea what the man sounded like or how insane he is or how senile he is, but you just watch the nightly newscast and while Lester Holt or the hairdo David Muir or whatever were just talking about the news of the day, the White House today, blah, 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 and you saw Joe Biden doing the old man half-step shuffle from Marine One into the White House, you would come away thinking, that dude is very old. That guy is really, really old and and not well, honestly. So as much as they try to protect him, and believe you me, they're trying to protect him, they can't protect him enough because if only for their own medium, for the, the fact that they have to have visuals, they'll show him. They think they're doing good. They think they're doing a great job. They think they're helping out, whatever. But they're not. 
because even just video of the guy walking illustrates his age. Now, with Donald Trump, he's got a... I'm not saying, look, Joe Biden is not going to be able to undo the damage of being old or the, the damage that being old does to his polling. And he's not going to be able to just overcome senility by its sheer force of will or what have you. But Donald Trump's mountain, it's, it's not insurmountable, but it is tough. It's very tough. Because if people are thinking you're corrupt, and a lot of people are thinking you're corrupt or you're a liar, you have to set about changing their mind. You have to find a way to make them believe you or realize or whatever it is that you're telling the truth, that you're not lying to them. Well, if they think you're a liar, convincing somebody, if you've ever been accused of something by an ex-girlfriend or boyfriend that you didn't do, but, you, you know, you maybe weren't the most honest person before. And they start telling, you're a liar, you're a liar, and I'm not a liar. And I didn't. You're really going to have a hard time proving your innocence. That's why, thank God, our justice system is predicated upon the assumption of innocence, the presumption of innocence until proven guilty. Because if everything were run like your ex-relationships, boy, how do we all be screwed? But it's interesting to note that it can be done. You have to do it over. There is not going to be, just like earning that trust back. There is, even if you lost it unfairly, there is no one grand gesture you can make to get it back. You know, like, oh, I showed up with roses. Like, oh, my heart melted and I realized he wasn't lying. No, it's not the way the world works. You have to earn it back over time, little bits at a time. The flowers help. The flowers don't help earn the trust back, but the flowers help melt the uh, heart a little bit, so on and so forth. Everything helps. It's it's funny. You, you, you get into the doghouse as a man, and then you become the ideal boyfriend for about two weeks. And then you go back to being a jerk. <laughs> like, well, and then you go, oh, no, baby, I'll change. I'll change. It's just terrible. Ladies, don't ever give a man a second chance. So uh, that is where the race is and you're wondering why there are a lot of people and this is where it i've i believe i've said this before if not i definitely meant to why it makes it so difficult to speak to hardcore fans of a politician now there aren't really any hardcore fans of joe biden there are people who will defend joe biden not because they love joe biden but because they hate Republicans or they're committed leftist Democrats. They don't really love Joe Biden. Nobody really loves Joe Biden. So it's a different situation on the left. They always, when you point out the corruption of Joe Biden, what does the left do? They always say, well, what about Republicans? They are engaged in whataboutism. There's nothing essentially wrong with whataboutism in general because it is true. It highlights a double standard. It highlights hypocrisy. But when you have been accused of something and your response is, well, they do it too, you're kind of admitting that you did it. But that's beside the point. Or they did worse, you're still kind of admitting that you did it. But it's not really super persuasive for anybody, unless your objective is to prevent people from going to vote in the first place, which I don't think is anybody's objective. I think you want people to vote for you or your guy as much as humanly possible. 
So Donald Trump's road to winning the trust of these people is different. It's tougher. It's more attainable because what you have to do is be consistent, be repetitive, don't lie, don't exaggerate, don't change the subject, just do what needs to be done and be straightforward with people. It's very doable. Joe, like I say, is going to be old no matter what he does. And he's senile. He can't he can't perform for long stretches of time. That's why he's unlikely to give any real interviews with anybody outside of MSNBC or NBC News throughout the entire campaign. So it's not an insurmountable climb for Donald Trump. But you need to know where the race stands and where the public views. Because the people, like I was saying, the people who really love Donald Trump don't understand that there are more people who don't. You know, if you really love, look, if you tend to, the people around you, you have similar tastes, you have similar thoughts in politics. You tend to surround yourself, not deliberately and not exclusively, but you tend to surround yourself with like-minded people. It just makes life easier and you're enjoyable and you have conversations about the things. If you're having conversations with somebody about something they absolutely hate and are sick of hearing, they're probably not going to come around very often and you're not going to go around them if they're talking about things you just don't give a damn about. So if you love a politician, the odds are the people around you will love that politician too. Not all, but most. And so you'll share this. If you love a band, your friends, especially when you're teenagers, they love that band. And you don't, you expose it to somebody who's not a teenager and they're going, eh, you know, that's okay. I don't, what do you mean it's okay? It's the best music ever. Don't you love it? No, I really don't. And you can't understand how it is they don't love it. And you think, well, they're number one in the charts. So they are the most, they're loved by everybody except for you. No. The intensity of your love, the intensity of your feelings towards an issue, towards a politician, has no bearing on whether it's popular or not, whether or not it's a majority. It really does not matter. So you've got to keep that in mind, that this race, whoever the nominees are, is going to be decided by a narrow band of people who probably don't pay attention, most likely haven't thought too much about this presidential race, never watch MSNBC, never watch Fox. They go about their lives. In many ways, this is an exercise of digging your tires in deeper when you're stuck in the mud. But it's important to know where you are every once in a while because this is a poll of all voters and it's just asking you about these people. We have two candidates the two leading candidates right now are probably the most known. It is, I would venture to say, 100% penetration in the name recognition game for both of them. People know who the president of the United States is, at least people who are breathing. And people know who Donald Trump is, at least people who are on this planet. So it's not as though there's going to be a learning curve of the public going, I need to know more about these guys before I even... Th no, you, if anything, you go into the polls and you go, I really kind of wish I knew less about these guys. 
I wish that I didn't know about Donald Trump's marriages. I wish I didn't know about Joe Biden's sniffing kids and what have you. You just, you, you know more about these people. They are probably the highest name ID of two people ever facing off for the presidency in the history of this country, would be my guess. So that is, there's, there's nobody to persuade or to introduce yourself to. But there are a lot of people to persuade. Joe Biden can't. He's going to send out, they're going to try and do it by proxy. They're going to try and run as best a, a basement campaign as they did before. And Donald Trump doesn't seem to be interested in trying at this point. But I have a lot of complaints about how the campaign is being run so far. But if I had one, only could give one complaint, it would be that that he is simply preaching to the choir because the people in his choir believe, look, there's no way he doesn't win. He's so wildly popular. Everybody, everybody's Pauline Kale. I don't know how Richard Nixon won. I don't know anybody who voted for him. I don't know anybody who doesn't like Donald Trump. Well, is liking Donald Trump or being a conservative predicate to being your friend, being around you? If you've got a F. Joe Biden flag flying in front of your house, and a lot of people up by where my dad lived, have them. They're probably not going to have too many Democrats swinging by to chat with them. Right? Send Trump to prison or lock him up signs out on your front lawn. You're probably not going to have too many Donald Trump supporters or Republicans in general coming over to your house to hang out and shoot the breeze either. We have created an insulated world by and large. It used to just be on social media. Now it's everywhere. Now it's out in the real world. That's what's terrifying. Is it's out in the real we've taken Twitter to the streets. We've taken Twitter to the dining room table. We've taken Twitter to the the uh the break room and everything. And it's nothing good is going to come from that. But worse, you're never going to persuade anybody. If you treat everybody like they already agree with you or they're the problem. All right. They're there. Believe me, there are a lot of people who are the problem, in my opinion, who don't agree with me. But I don't jump down their throats and tell them that because it's counterproductive. Ultimately, the persuadable ones I would like to persuade. The rest of them, I would like to stop wasting my time trying to persuade. And once they're identified as such, you walk away. When doing canvassing for campaigns, there are always people, and I used to be like this, when you're knocking out, knocking on doors, and like, hey, I'm here for Senator so-and-so or so-and-so for president, whatever. And they go, eh, jerk, I don't know. Or I'm a Democrat or whatever. And you, you just start talking with You have this instinct to want to convince them to your side. It's human nature, especially in politics. You, what do you like about the other guy? Well, you know, what if I told you this? What if I told you? And you real, you have to eventually come, not on the porch at that particular moment, but eventually you come to the realization that you are simply not going to convince these people. Any of them, these people being a general category. You, 
recognize, you begin to recognize a persuadable voter and you might spend a couple of minutes with them and you give them the literature and then you say you can go to the website or call this or come into here and we'll answer all of your questions and you move on. But if somebody tells you, I ain't never voting for that SOB, I'm a Democrat, believe them. You're not going to persuade them. Your energies are best spent and expended someplace else, persuading persuadables and making sure that your voters get to the polls. So this is information that's useful, that you can identify voters like this and not waste your time trying to reach them. But also recognize that what they don't like about you are things that you could actually work on. You're not going to persuade all of them. You're never going to persuade all of them. You don't need to persuade all of them to win. You just need to persuade enough of them. You're not going to persuade any of them until you start trying to persuade some of them. That's the only way to try to get to enough of them. I hope that makes sense. Democrats are going to be doing the same thing, except they're going to be doing it by proxy. They're going to be sending people out there telling stories, regaling the public with of stories of how young and full of vim and vigor that Joe Biden is. And, oh, you know, he came skipping down. He was doing one-armed push-ups whilst reciting uh, Shakespeare just the other day. And then he called the president of so-and-so and really closed the deal on this. They're going to lie to you. And you would go, well, then why doesn't he sit down and do an interview with somebody who's, you know, non-threatening, not really going to challenge him like a at Fox News, well, Fox is just so unfair. Why would they ever? Well, are Fox viewers Americans or are they not Americans? Because I'm pretty sure that as president of the United States, he's president of all Americans, not just the ones who line up to pretend that he doesn't sniff kids. You know, maybe maybe talk to everybody at least once inside of a four-year term. But there's no push. There's no push. I do remember in Fox, uh, they it was during the Obama years. Brett Baer did like a, a clock on the screen about how many days, or a counter on the screen, how many days it had been since they invited Barack Obama on the show, and they wouldn't give him an interview. Eventually, they gave him an interview. It was a... I don't remember anything from the interview, so, I mean, it can't have been that important. And Barack Obama won re-election, so... It didn't do any damage to him. But something like that might be helpful. Joe Biden's never going to go on Newsmax. He's never going to sit down with the Daily Caller or the Free Beacon or the Washington Examiner. But he might do Fox if forced to. And that's if polling is bad enough and they keep publicly humiliating him. I haven't seen any push for them to do that. This cycle, as opposed to when Obama, they did it to Obama, but that's it. That's the best shot they got. Maybe they could get five minutes, ten minutes with, with Peter Ducey. It'd be better than nothing. But again, when you, it doesn't matter how big of a jerk you act like and how tall and cool you act. And I'm ten feet tall and bulletproof and I ain't afraid of nobody. Because you, once you sit down across from somebody, you're not going to be really trying to hammer interviewers for the most part sadly in media and this is why i don't get very many interviews i don't care if i ever interview the same the person again you know 
You get one. Ch- I'm, I'm acting like I'm never going to talk to him. I wish all interviewers would do that. Act instead of sucking him up to him. Like, oh, this member of Congress, he's my buddy, he's my pal. No, well, you're doing it wrong then, because you're never going to be press. Uh, you're never going to press your buddy or your pal. You're never going to dig in and get down to the real heart of the issue on things with your buddy or your pal. You're not going to do anything that might embarrass your buddy or your pal. These people are your job. Okay, you should have plenty of other friends in the real world. So interview everybody like it's the only time you're ever going to sit down with them and ask all the questions you want in a way that you want them. And if you offend them, you offend them. So what? They probably weren't coming back anyway. They only came around because they wanted to get something out of it themselves. So you damn well better take full advantage of your opportunities as they present themselves. That's a, a lesson for life, by the way. Take full advantage of your opportunities as they present themselves. Period. End of story. Here endeth the lesson. Anyway, that's about enough for today. I realize I I went on a long time about Joe, and I went on a long time about this, and there were other things I was going to talk about, but I'm running out of gas as it's 10 o'clock right now. I, I flipped on Fox this afternoon just to see what was going on in the world, do a little show prep. And it was all that shooter down at uh, North Carolina. Like, oh, the shooter. I didn't know if he shot anybody. All they did was a hunt for a gunman. Guy with a spotted on campus with a gun. We really are becoming a... And you can tell it's a slow news day when that becomes the singular obsession. Anyway, there's a, we'll talk tomorrow about the court dates and everything. It's totally bogus. It's totally BS. Of course, setting a court date before the day before Super Tuesday is garbage. It is political. It is election interference, but also expecting or trying to get a court date postponed by three years is equally untenable. So we'll get into that. Appreciate you listening. Check out patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter.locals.com and uh, support the show. Support Joe, the, uh, I'm really pleased to see that the donations have picked up. I spread the word as best I could. And in the last 24 hours for his family, the donations are up to $151,896 at this moment. Um, Goes right to his wife, Katie. And um, I saw it was like at $120,000. So we've raised about $30,000 for him in the last 24 hours. The ultimate goal is 200000 It was originally only 50000 We got there pretty easily thanks to the help of Glenn Beck. Um, I don't know if we can get across the 200000 threshold, but 150000 is amazing. It will go a long way to help his family. So I know I can speak for Joe on this and say that he is eternally grateful for the support at give send go all one word give send go and then it's uh, give send go.com slash capital g nine capital y seven six so check that out if you're so inclined and thanks to everybody who has so far that's it for me today i will see you guys again tomorrow have a great one